Good morning, everybody, and a happy Erev Shabbos. The last day of Hanukkah, Zeus Hanukkah. I'm here with my scholars. Scholars. My scholars, my two scholars. What does scholar mean? Very smart guy. That's what a scholar is. Very smart guy. I'm here with my two scholars, Usher and Eitan, and we're going to give you an overview of this week's Parsha. How's that sound? Okay, so we're going to start off at the beginning of the Parsha. So, two years have passed since the butler and the baker had their dreams, right? And what happens two years later? First of all, remind us from last week's Parsha. What happens to the baker? He gets hanged on a dream. Oh my gosh. And what happens to the butler? He gets his job again. He gets to do his job again of giving Paro wine. Now, two years have passed, and what happens two years later? Who has dreams? Pa- Paro. <gasps> Paro has dreams. And, uh, Paro. Eitan, Paro. Eitan, tell me about Paro's dreams. Um, what was the first was, one? The first one was seven fat cows. Uh-huh. Seven skinny cows. Right. And the skinny cows ate up. The, the seven, uh, can I say? Um, fat cows. Ca- fat cows. And what happened after they ate the seven fat cows? Oh, they remained skinny. They stayed skinny, not just skinny, they were emaciated. Do you know what emaciated means? No. Oh, not just skinny. Skinny can be healthy, but what if a person is too skinny, like they're starving? You ever saw pictures of refugees who have been starving for a long time? Yeah. Okay, that's not just skinny. That's like all they are is skin and bones, right? Ooh, that's kind of sad. So, so they were. So these cows were. That's called emaciated. But there's no skin, no bones, no nothing. So, okay. And then, does he wake up from that dream? Yes. He wakes yes. up, and then what happens next? He falls asleep again, and what yeah. happens next? And a second dream. Wait, let let Usher tell us this one. Mm. Is it open? I think I forgot a little. I forgot mm. it. No, you remember it. I know. Seven what? Uh, it's a hint allowed. Yeah. Hint. Seven big stalks of wheat. Yes, of wheat. And are they nice looking stalks or not nice looking? Good. No. The first ones are really, really good-looking stalks, right? Oh, yeah. Then there's another stalk. Then there's seven more. And those oh. seven more, right? Go bad. Are bad. And what happens next? The seven bad stalks do what? Eat up the seven good stalks. They stalks. swallow the seven good stalks. How do they swallow other Well, stalks? I mean, it's a dream, remember? So... It's a dream, so we'll get swallowed. Okay. And does Paro wake up again? Yeah. Now, he wakes up in the morning. Is he in a good mood? No. He's in a terrible mood. Why? Because he is scared that that something's going to happen. Right, and he doesn't know what it is. So, in other words, what's the greatest fear a person could have? Of Hashem. That's a... Good fear. You're supposed to be a fear of Hashem. Excellent, Hashem. Fear of your dreams. 
fear of the unknown, right? What's an unknown? Something you don't know. If all of a sudden he has these two dreams and he doesn't even know what the dreams mean, so now he walks around fearful, very afraid of something he doesn't even know what it is. And that's the worst fear, isn't it? So now, but think about it, what you just said, Asher. If a person's relationship with Hashem is very strong, let me give you an example. You're going into a place, and it looks a little bit scary. And you're not sure if you should be scared to go into that place. But guess what? Your mom and your dad are right there, and they're literally holding your hand. Are you still afraid? No, because if, you, if your mom or your dad are there to hold your hand, then you know that even though you may be a little bit afraid, you don't have anything to be afraid of, be afraid of or worry about. So that's the same thing with Hashem. If we have a relationship with Hashem that's so strong and that we know that Hashem is always holding our hand, then we're not afraid of anything. Did Paro have a strong relationship with Hashem? No. No, not at all. And so therefore, when he wakes up in the morning, what happens? He's scared. He's scared witless, right? His feet are shaking. His teeth are clattering. Like, like that. Right? So what does he do? Who does he call? His servants. He calls all his wise men and all of his servants. And he says... Yes, an apple. Yes, I see that. We have Moshe Tzvi here today also helping us. Yeah. Okay. So he calls all of his wise men and all of his servants and he says, here's my dreams. You better be able to explain it to me. Were they able to explain it? No. Nope. Nobody could figure out what it meant. Did they all start getting... They got, now, who's, now who's afraid? Them. Why are they afraid now? Think about it. Why are they afraid now? I do not know. Well, if you're supposed to be the wise man who's giving me advice and telling me about all the things I have in life, right? And you can't tell me. And you can't really tell me, so then what happens? He gets mad. Well, let, let's look at it this way. Um, I'm the rabbi. Right? When you ask me questions, I'm supposed to be able to answer them. If I can't answer the questions, then what happens? You go find another rabbi. What do you need me for? The reason why you need me is so that I should answer your questions. But if I can't answer your questions, then who needs me? I'll go get another rabbi. Does that make sense? So the same thing, are the wise men of Paro now very afraid? Because what's about to happen to them? They're going to lose their jobs. I don't know if I'll put them in jail, but for sure they're going to lose their jobs because he says, what do I need you for if you really can't tell me the answers? So what does the butler say? Now let me ask you another question before we go there. Do you think the butler was friends with Yosef? No. Did he like Yosef? No. Was he afraid of Yosef? No. I think he was afraid of Yosef. Very much afraid. But now, 
He has no choice, does he? Right? He doesn't really have a choice. He better speak up and tell Paro about Yosef. Why? Because now he's going to lose his job. Do you understand? So he quickly says, oh, I have the answer. What's the answer? Yosef. Right. I know a guy. That's, that helps just as much, by the way, as actually knowing the answer yourself. In life, this is a very important rule. What? If you know a guy who knows the answers, that's also good. Right? In other words, if you have a problem with the plumbing in your house, you don't necessarily need to know how to fix plumbing. What do you need? Somebody who does A really good plumber, exactly. If you know a really good plumber, then you're on top of the world. Or if you have cockroaches, you need someone to kill them. An exterminator. <laughs> That's right. Well, that she is. Like I have. Oh, we don't want to know about that. Anyway. You have cockroaches? No, you don't. It happens sometimes. Anyway, so, so the, the, the wine butler tells Pyro what? You know, two years ago I was in jail. And I was in trouble, and I, I met this guy that that knew my dreams. Uh huh. And he was able to explain my dreams, and and it came true exactly as he said. I got put back in my job, and the poor baker he got ate. He got eaten by the birds exactly. That might have been painful. So what does Paro say? Bring me that guy right now. This minute. This minute. So here's what happened. I bet you don't know this one because I didn't mention it earlier in the week. So I'm going to tell you this one now. Wow. In order to be able, there are 70 main languages in the world. Yeah. There's more than 70 languages, yeah. but the other languages are all just branches of one of these 70 languages. Paro was able to speak all 70 languages. And if you wanted to approach Paro, he would start a conversation with you in each of the 70 languages. And every time you could answer him in one of those 70 languages, you got to take one step closer. And if you went through all the 70 languages, then you wound up right in front of Paro, you could talk to Paro. Okay? So listen what happened. Did Yosef speak all 70 languages? No. No, so what was he going to do? That night, in jail, while he was still in jail, a malach, an angel, came to visit him. And the malach taught Yosef, all in one night, all 70 languages. That was quick. Can you imagine? The next day he comes before Paro. He's brought before Paro. And Paro starts a conversation with him. And every step of the way, Yosef is answering. Yosef is answering. Yosef is answering. Finally, Yosef comes right face to face with Paro. And when he's face to face with Paro, you know what he says to Paro? What? He starts to talk to Paro in what language? Hebrew. Hebrew. Guess what? What? Paro doesn't speak Hebrew. The 70 Bobby. languages. Bobby. The 70 languages do not include Hebrew. 70 languages out of 70 nations of the world. Hebrew is the, the language of us, the Jews. 
Haro didn't speak it. So what happens? He leans over and he says, whoa. He says to Paro, he starts to speak Paro in Hebrew. Paro goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. What language is that? And Yosef says to him, what? You don't speak Hebrew? Now it turns out Yosef knows a language that Paro doesn't. And Paro has been telling all of his people that he is a god. He claimed like he was a god. And one of the things he showed off as being a god was that he spoke all the languages. So if the people find out that Paro doesn't speak Hebrew, they don't, they don't trust him that he's a god. Exactly, they'll stop thinking he's a god. So Paro gets very nervous. You know what he says to Yosef? What? Um, don't, don't talk don't to me with, with, the Jewish, with Hebrew. Or then they might, or then my servants might throw me off the floor. Well, well, even better. What does he say to him? <laughs> he says, what, Asha, what did you say? What did you say he says to him? Don't tell anybody that I don't speak Hebrew. And if you don't, and I want you to swear right now, I want you to swear right now that you will never tell anybody that you speak a language that I don't speak. And if you swear right now that you don't, you'll never tell anybody that you speak a language that I don't speak, you know what I'll do? What? What does he make Yosef into? God. Oh. Into jail. I'll make you the king. Right? I'll make you second to me. You know what they call that today? What? Those are called political backdoor deals. I'm not going to explain what that means. I thought <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. What does that mean? It means the politicians who sit in the government, instead of thinking about what they're supposed to be doing for us, they really only think only about themselves. <laughs> and so they make deals and don't tell us about it, the deals they made. So Paro makes a deal with Yosef and he says, if you don't tell anybody that I don't speak Hebrew, I'll put you in charge. I'll make you a boss. Now later... <clears throat> Two weeks from now, we're going to hear something about this swearing that Yosef swore, but not today. So Yosef interprets the two dreams. What does he say the two dreams mean? It means there's going to be seven years with food and seven years of no food. Seven years of plenty and seven years of A famine. famine. And what does Yosef say? What should he be doing about the famine? What else? He gives Pyro advice. He says, what should you do? Get someone smart to get the food. Put somebody smart in charge to collect all the food during the seven years of plenty so that there'll be food for the seven years of famine. famine. What does Paro say? Okay. Not just okay, what does Paro say? Wow. Where do we find such a smart guy? And what does Paro say? That you're the guy, I'm telling you. If you're the guy that figured all this out, then you must be the guy who's smart enough to figure out how to do this. And that's the story of the first time a non-Jewish king hired a Jewish accountant. That was just a joke. Anyway, let's go on. So now, Yosef's in charge of everything in Egypt, and he's collecting all the food. Now remind me something that I did tell you last week. What is Yosef doing when he's storing all the food? I don't know. 
Yeah, come on, Usher, you remember this. He's putting dirt in it? Yes. And where does he store the food? Next to the place where they grow. Excellent, Eitan. He puts all the food right, he stores all the food right next to the place where it grows. And as you said, Usher, he mixes in what? The dirt. dirt. The dirt from that same ground. Why does he do that? Because it doesn't go bad. That keeps it from going bad because the grain acts like it is still connected to the ground. ground. So it stays fresh. And why did he have to do that? What didn't they have in those days? No refrigerator. They had no refrigerators. They had no place to keep all the grain. Okay, so the seven years of plenty end. And what happens next? The famine starts. What happens when the famine starts? There's no food. But they all go to Yosef to get food. Why? Didn't they store up food themselves? Yes, but it went bad. All their food went bad. What does Yosef tell them? What does Yosef tell them, I told you? You have to have a bris <gasps> if you want it. Everybody has to have a bris. You want to eat? You got to have a bris. And everybody has to have a bris. So what do they all do? They run to Paro. And they say to Paro, did you hear what this Rosh Hashanah said? He said he's only going to feed us if we have a bris. What does Paro tell them? Uh, so do it. If he told you to do that, then do it. So everybody in Mitzrayim gets a bris. Do you remember I told you the reason why Yosef wanted them all to have a bris? Do you remember I gave you two reasons? He saw his family was going to Mitzrayim because there was a famine in Israel too. But they had food in Israel and his brothers just wanted to see Yosef. Wait, 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 slow down. Why did he ask all to have a bris? For then, for then nobody, for then the, his, for then the brothers won't make fun of the other people. Right, people. exactly. Exactly, the other people that won't make they, fun of the brothers. That they that have, a have a bris. Okay, now this is the way around. Anyway, okay. So now, everybody has a bris and Yosef starts to feed them. Wait, wait. The meantime in Israel, what does Yaakov tell his sons? Let's see. We should go, we should go down to Egypt because there's a there's blessings and food waiting for us there. What what is it? What was? What did Yaakov really mean? What did he see? But he wasn't sure what he saw. What did he see? But that he didn't really see. Yaakov thought. I he thought. All of a sudden, he had this feeling that something really good was going to come from them going to Mitzrayim. Something really good was going to happen. What did he say what he think was going to happen? So the brothers come down to, to Mitzrayim, and what's the first thing they do? Do they spread out? Yes. They come in each one through a separate gate. gate. Why are they doing that? Because if they go in one place, then he's not there. So they go to separate gates to make sure Eitan that they search everywhere to be able to find Yosef. And then finally they wind up by Yosef, right? They wind up by Yosef, Uncle Bobby. They wind up by Yosef. When they're standing in front of Yosef, 
Does Yosef recognize them? No. No. Yes. Actually. Yes. Do they recognize Yosef? No. Why don't they recognize Yosef? He got a big beard. Because he now has a long beard. That's why they don't recognize him. Right? Uh oh. So they, they don't recognize Yosef because he has a long beard. What does Yosef say to them? What does Yosef say to them? You're a bunch of what? What does he call them? Thieves. Thieves. Not thieves, spies. You're a bunch of spies. What's the proof that you're spies? Because you split it up to different places. If you, for then you can see when to attack later. Good. Excellent. What, what do they tell Yosef? Um, we want to find our brother. We only split up because we're searching for our brother. Is Yosef sad because when they say that? No. He's all sad. Why doesn't he tell them right then and there? It's me. Why doesn't he say? Do you remember? I told you this. He has to help them do tshuva. He's first helping them do tshuva. Wait, but he they just did. Right, he knows they started. He's, a, he's a, so in that sense, he's actually very happy because just telling him that we're here looking for our brother means a lot to him because after twenty years, they're doing tshuva. Because that is. What does he do? He takes them all. He puts them in jail. Jail, jail for, for how long? For three, three days. days. After three days, he takes them all out and he says. You told me that you have a... Baby brother. A baby brother. Wait, but we didn't say the baby brother yet. Well, they had told them that we're all part of one family. One brother is at home, one brother is missing, and we're searching for the missing brother. Right? Wait, but... So now, you told me you had a baby brother. So what does Yosef tell them that, to do? Get him. Go home and... You get the baby brother, bring him back here, and then I'll know you're telling the truth. truth. But they are telling the truth. Okay. Who does he keep? Um, You remember? The second one. That's correct, Eitan. Shimon. Shimon, excellent. Usher, exactly. Why do you keep Shimon? Why does he keep one of the other ones? Because if Shimon and Levi go together, they could kill kill. How do you know? Because, because, because they the already... time when our sister was kidnapped, kill, kill. Who'd they kill? Do you remember the name the of the city? The entire city. What was the name of the city? Do you remember? Oh, I forgot. Shechem. Shechem. Yeah, city of Shechem. What's the name of the city? They killed everybody in Shechem. Okay. So they go back to Yaakov. And what do they tell Yaakov? We need baby brother. OMG. Shimon's missing now. <coughs> Does Yosef keep Shimon in jail? No, as soon as he puts him in jail while they're still there. But as soon as they leave, what does he do? Takes him out. How does he treat him? Nice. Like royalty treats him. Yes, exactly. So finally, who promises Yaakov? We didn't do this part yet. Who promises Yaakov? I know that part. That. That he's going to take care of Binyamin. Do you remember who? 
Yehuda. Yehuda, yeah. Yehuda promises Jacob that he's going to take care of Levi. That he's going to take care of Benjamin. Benjamin, yeah. And that he'll make sure because that Benjamin comes by safe. Because he's the youngest. Jacob no, did, the strongest. Jacob doesn't He's the leader. Deal. He's the strongest. Jacob doesn't do that. No, Jacob does agree to that. First, Reuven says he doesn't agree to Reuven. But when Yehuda says, he agrees. And he sends down all kinds of presents to bring to Yosef. What happens when they come back to, to the land of the tribe? They go straight in front of Yosef. Yeah. And Yosef says, okay, we're going to have a party. Now that your little brother is here, we're going to have a party. Why? Because he wants to have a party with them. Yeah. And they sit down at a table. Yeah. All around the table. And Yosef makes believe like he's a magician. And that he uses his goblet. You know what a goblet is? What? A goblet is a very fancy cup, like a kiddish cup. You know, do you have a fancy cup for Kiddush? Yeah. That's a goblet. That would be called a goblet. So Yosef has a very fancy goblet. That's what he drinks out of all the time because he's like the king. So he drinks only out of fancy stuff, right? So he has this goblet and he tells them, you know, I'm a magician and I can do magic with this goblet. And he, and he takes the goblet and he bangs it on the table and he goes, which one of you is Ruvain? And Ruvain raises his hand. He goes, you're the oldest, right? You come sit over here. And he bangs the goblet again. He goes, who's Shimon? Shimon was the guy he had in prison. He says, That's you, right? Yeah. You're the second oldest, aren't you? Shimon says, yes. You come sit over here. Then he goes, who's Levi? And he sits them all down around the table according to their age. And they're all sitting there. Because they're all pretty close in age. They were born one after the other. How does he know how old we are? How does that work? And he told them that he's a magician. That's how he knows. But what was the real reason? Because he was their brother. Of course he knew them all. It's his brothers, right? He magician. Then he looks at Binyamin after he sat everybody else at the table. And he says, you know what he says to Binyamin? What? He says, you're an orphan. You know what an orphan is, right? No. Someone whose parent has passed away, unfortunately. Right? So Yosef says, you're an orphan. Your mother passed away. He says, I'm also an orphan. My mother passed away too. Guess what? They're the same. It's the same mother, right? He says, well, because you're an orphan and I'm an orphan, you come sit right next to me. You sit next to me. And they have a party. And here's an interesting thing it says. At the party, they drank wine. They all drank wine. Rashi, who's a commentary on the Torah, says that for the 20 years, it was 20 years, right? Yosef is now 37, almost 38, when this happens. 20 years... From when Yosef was sold, he was 17 when he was sold, till he was 38 when he meets them. During that whole 20 years, none of his brothers, and Yosef also, never drank wine. 
You know why they didn't drink wine for 20 years? Why? Think why. Because wine is something very enjoyable. Makes you happy. And they were all, all sad. very sad of what? What are they sad about? Yosef. They were sad about Yosef. And Yosef was sad about them, even though they sold him as a slave. So for 20 years, none of them drank wine. This was the first time they drank wine. Okay? So there's two things to learn from this. And with that, we're going to end today. You ready? There's two things yes. we learn from it. First of all, the first thing we learn from it is that somebody else's pain should be so important to you that you can't enjoy life anymore until you can help that person fix their pain. You can't actually drink wine because you know somebody else is suffering. Remember what we said the difference between? Which two words? You remember the two words we learned? Uh, I forgot. One was with an S. Sim- Sympathy. 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 And what was the other word? Empathy. Remember? Empathy. Excellent, Eitan. That's right. We learned the difference between sympathy and empathy. So they had so much empathy for their brother, and Yosef had so much empathy for them, that for 20 years they didn't drink wine. Wow. Now here's an even better one. Here's a real good question. You ready for this question? Here's a question. So Yosef knows it's his brothers, right? At this point, they don't know he's Yosef, right? So for him, I understand why he's drinking wine after 20 years. Why is he drinking wine after 20 years? Because he's so happy. He's so happy to be back with his brothers. But they don't know that they're back with Yosef. Mm -mm. So why do they drink wine? Because they're back together. They don't know. Ah. And the answer to that question is even though they didn't know that he was Yosef, If you really feel it, think about this for a second. If you have real empathy, then you will feel when the person for whom you are having empathy feels better. In other words, if somebody else's struggles and pain really bother you, you listening? Then when that person's pain goes away, even though he didn't tell you that his pain went away, even though you don't know, nobody told you anything about his pain, that his pain got better, what's going to happen? You get the pain. You're going to feel better. If it really bothered you when somebody else was in pain, then when that person gets better, you're going to feel better too. So even though they didn't know it was Yosef yet, they could already feel yes. that things are better now. Is that beautiful? Yes. And so therefore they drank wine. Now can we go down? Are we done? No, no. So tell me one big lesson you learned. Show love to everybody else around you. And make sure you feel it. Okay? Can we do it more? No, no, it's time to go to class. High fives, people. One second, one second. Before you go. Before you go, Usher. Okay.
First of all, uh, my scholars, Asherin, wish everybody Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. From? From Asherin. Shabbat Shalom for Eitan. Only good things. Mashiach now.